I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. I'm joined by Vince Graziani, Chief Executive Officer at IDEX Biometrics, specialists in fingerprint biometrics. How will fingerprint biometrics help us in the adoption of financial technology and the adoption of new currencies, Vince? Great first question. So there are many aspects of financial technology and payment technology. The first are really just the standard debit credit payment cards that are on the Visa, MasterCard, EMV code networks, China Union Pay. IDEX has been targeting those markets for quite some time. And the benefit there of adding fingerprint biometrics is you have the ultimate security of your own fingerprint on your payment card and uh, still have the same contactless transaction that you have with today's contactless cards on the same infrastructure. So no heavy investment from the banks, but you're basically replacing your pin with your fingerprint. And therefore you have an infinitely more secure transaction. If you then think about taking that technology further to digital currencies, there's even more reason to secure that and make sure that the digital currency that's on a hardware wallet or some other form of payment is actually being accessed or used for payment by the person who owns that currency. It's a digital equivalent of your own personal cash. So at IDEX, what we do in the digital currency initiatives is we're working with many of the same manufacturers who build cards for the standard payment technologies of credit and debit cards. And specifically in China, where things are moving more quickly along the digital currency train, those same card manufacturers are building what they call digital hardware wallets that looks very much like a credit card that you and I would carry today with the addition of, in most cases, an e-ink display, and then also the addition of a fingerprint biometric sensor in order to secure that hardware wallet. And IDEX provides the entire subsystem for the whole biometric system, not only the sensor, but also the integrated semiconductor technology that does the image capture and the matching of your fingerprint, et cetera, and the encryption. And then we build all of the software and hardware and even provide uh, guidance on manufacturing process and flexible circuit design, et cetera. So the whole thing becomes a turnkey system solution for biometrics on a tiny little card form factor. And presumably done on a budget so that people can actually afford to implement this. Yeah, that's actually another great question. One of the reasons I joined IDEX a little over a year ago is that there's been many people trying to turn a, a standard size payment card into a biometric subsystem for years. And uh, prior generation technologies were very expensive. So that really blocked the adoption. And many of us in the industry and in my prior employer felt that once the card cost could be below $10, then you could start to see it become adopted in mainstream. And, and here at IDEX, with our level of integration, we have a, a volume goal of getting the cost of that card down to the $5 range. So the cost to a bank or an issuer would be in the range of $5. And, and then it gets to be um, very attainable for the banks to uh, move this out in large volumes. Well, obviously, what you've been talking about so far is very much security related. It secures my money. It makes sure it's me when I'm doing a transaction. But money itself is changing. Digital money is coming on. You did touch on this, but we also have the central bank digital currency coming. What's the role of biometrics there? 
So again, this that the central bank digital currency is a it's a great distinction, right? Because right now we're all hearing about Bitcoin and Ethereum and the and the other cryptocurrencies out there, which are occasionally used for a transaction for settling of a payment, perhaps to buy your next Tesla, or, or some exotic retailers are now accepting that currency. But in the mainstream, the difference between a central bank digital currency and these other cryptocurrencies is none of the cryptocurrencies today are backed by a country's central bank and pegged to their form of currency. So, for example, in China, who wants to be one of the first in the world, in fact, they want to be the global leader to have an all digital currency, they peg their digital RMB or their digital yuan to the value of a yuan. So it's just a digital form of their current currency with their stated goal to eventually eliminate coins and paper currency altogether. What that means in the big world is that everybody will eventually have electronic wallets that are some form factor, and those wallets will need to be protected because they'll they'll actually have a store of value on each one of these wallets. And uh, this is where the fingerprint biometrics comes in. Not only does it secure your wallet, but it also reduces the target for theft. If you can imagine everybody walking around with a card that could have hundreds or thousands of digital currency on the card, you want to make sure that only the person who owns that currency can actually use it for payments. If you don't have that sort of protection, there's also a huge incentive for thieves to, to steal these cards. And that's another deterrent that we can add with the fingerprint biometrics. There's one thing that concerns me. All this sounds great, as far as it goes. But what about financial inclusion? We talk about people who are not in the system right now. This seems as though it's going to get more complicated. Is there a way of making it easier for people to be part of the financial system? So in China, actually, you you probably know this, but they're starting to run trials with the six largest regional banks together with the central bank. And a big part of their target is to bring the people that are outside of the banking system into it as well and, and make sure there's a way to include people. So you may know there's some, somewhere in the range of 225 million people in China that are living today outside of the, the current financial system, meaning they're a cash-only or, or even bartering-only society in, in that 225 million And that means that they don't have a bank account, they don't have a credit card, they don't have a debit card. So what happens when, in order to eliminate cash altogether, you need to have some way for this part of the population to still participate in the economy. And here comes the digital hardware wallet. What people can do then is transfer digital currency between hardware wallets and somebody else's smartphone that has an electronic wallet enclosed or with merchants, they can have currency stored on their digital wallet and use it for payment. So it really becomes this small form factor card that's the same form factor as a credit card that we're all used to is now your store of your own personal wealth if you're outside of the banking system. And that actually really does have a benefit to bring people into the overall banking system. Now they can go make transactions at standard POS terminals at various merchants, or they can exchange currency between themselves and colleagues and, and family mates, et cetera. So it, it gives a, a very low-cost entry point to bring these unbanked into the system. It's not just a case of the unbanked. I'm thinking of an older 
cohort of the population which doesn't have a smartphone even. No, and that's a, that's another key point is that even if you look at a country like China where smartphone adoption is pretty high in the country, so a lot of those people that have smartphones will choose to have their digital wallet as an app on their smartphone. If you look at that overall population in China, there are still 40% of the population who don't use a smartphone today. And some of those people are just like my own mom, who's a senior citizen, and she can open a text if I send a picture of one of her grandchildren, but she, she's going to have a hard time with any complex um, application beyond that. So for her, um, she's been using payment cards her whole life. So if she had a way to use a payment card to spend digital currency, certainly that's a transaction she already knows and knows how to handle. So there, there is that other aspect of financial inclusion. And in China, one of the ways they're trying to make it simpler for people is they're also, they have the concept of uh, multi-use cards. So one of the very first trials for a digital hardware wallet, including IDEX Biometrics, was a card that was dual use. It was a digital hardware wallet for storing the digital one uh, cryptocurrency, but also it was the healthcare card for those same senior citizens. So all of their healthcare account information that you need to go to a doctor or a hospital is also contained on the same card and protected. And most of the citizens in China were already carrying these healthcare cards anyway that are provided by the government. Other applications they're considering for dual use is public transit cards that also behave as a digital wallet. And certainly the technology is capable of having multiple uses. You could have three or four different uses with the same card and, and still be a, a digital currency wallet. Let's round up with this question. What's the timeline? When will I have one of these cards with fingerprint biometrics on it sitting in my actual wallet? Technology-wise, the technology is ready today. We've actually started shipping in production for standard EMV co-cards in the West, in Europe, and soon to be in the U.S. But for the digital currency wallet, there's actually a timeline that China has in mind. Is they're running trials today with the goal to have wide deployment of these digital hardware wallets and the whole digital currency in time for the Winter Olympics that are in Beijing this coming winter, 2022, so it's less than a year away. Uh, if all these trials go as planned, there, there'll be a fairly broad deployment of these digital hardware wallets in the Q4 of this year, heading into Q1 next year. Vince Graziani, Chief Executive Officer at IDEX Biometrics, thank you very much.